We talked about physical health, and this week we're going to talk about spiritual health, and next week we're going to talk about relationships. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the spiritual part. I believe we could open up anywhere in the Bible and talk and speak and preach today, and I believe our conclusion would be the same. And that would be the Holy Spirit would tell us to believe God, to trust God, and to do what God says. There is absolutely no gray area in that. Remember, in Joshua, we talked last week, Joshua 15, God said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And Joshua said, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I hope that's your choice. I love the Bob Dylan line where he says, you have faith or you have unbelief, but there's no neutral ground. And I believe that is the case spiritually. God himself confirms it. He says, don't be lukewarm or I'll spit you out. Either be hot or be cold. So let's go back to the beginning to talk about uh, choices and, and what choice had to be made. In Genesis 2, you guys know the story, Adam and Eve were in the garden, and uh, the Lord God commanded many, said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good of evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So understand this, they were free to eat from any tree. Did they have a choice? Yes. Absolutely. Do you have a choice? Yes. Absolutely. Let's remember that as we go on. And, and of course, uh, Satan comes along in, in the form of a serpent. And the first thing he says in Genesis 3, uh, verse 1 to Eve, he says, Did God really say that? Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So the first thing Satan is trying to do is distort and shift the word of God and get you to question, is it true? Did God really say that? He goes on to say, uh, Eve goes back to him and said, yes, God said we can eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. Satan looks, I assume looks her in the eye, <laughs> but says to her very specifically, you will certainly not die. Contradicting God's word. First he says, are you sure that's what God says? Then he comes right back in her face and says, you certainly will not die. So God is lying. God must have made a mistake. You certainly will not die. And goes on to tell her that if she eats of the tree, she'll be like God. And of course, you know, she falls for it. So the message for us, for us today is that Satan twists the word of God. You know, God tells us he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his purpose. God came, Jesus came, that you would have life and life abundance. So there is a contradiction in the choice. One is evil and one is good. One is Satan and one is God. One is flesh and one is spirit. I love this. I love in um, um, Genesis 4, God is talking to Cain. And Cain had offered up an offering that wasn't acceptable to God. And... uh, God is trying to educate Cain, and he says, look, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? In other words, just do the right thing. But here's the message for you and I today. He goes on to say, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. It's not negotiable. It's a choice. There's something you have to do. You have a choice in your life. You can let sin rule over you, or you can rule over sin. But God's instructions are clear. You must rule over it. Man, if you had roaches in your house, 
I assume you do one of two things. You either call Sean Legassi real quick. Uh, that's a good idea. Uh, or you'd stomp on them yourself. But one way or the other, you guys would be ruling over those roaches. Why? Because you're not going to let them run around in your house and destroy your food and your family. No, because that's important. It's right in front of you. You can see it. God says you need to see things that are spiritual because that's what matters. Deuteronomy 30, 19, God tells us, choose life. He says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life. God says, listen to my voice, hold fast, for the Lord is your life. He will give you many years in the land. Again, it's a choice. So let me ask you this about choices. Imagine uh, if Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, LeBron James, Bruce Springsteen were going to teach you about their areas of expertise. Bill Gates about computers, Warren Buffett about investing, LeBron James about basketball, and Bruce Springsteen about music and singing. And you go to them, and I would assume you're excited, you know, for the leaders in their fields. And I could just see you saying to Bill Gates, Bill, listen, uh, we're not going to code the software that way. As a matter of fact, we're not going to use your software. That's not a good idea. Or to Warren Buffett, I'd say, hey, no, we're not going to invest in Coca-Cola or Bank of America. We're going to invest in this hot penny stock I have. Or could you imagine saying to LeBron James, hey, LeBron, uh, I'm not going to hold the ball the way you do and shoot the way. I'm going to shoot my way. Or rewriting the lyrics of a Bruce Springsteen song. No, it doesn't work. Why? Well, you admire these guys. You, you come to them. You know they're the best in your field. So what about God? You'd love to be mentored and coached by those guys. What about God? God, who says, I'm your counselor, I'm your comforter, I'm your father, I'm your creator. I'm here to help you and bless you. Why wouldn't you listen to everything that God said? Why wouldn't you listen and do everything that God said when you would listen so quickly to humans? You would follow flawed humans so quickly. God is your father and loves you. So believe it or not, choices matter. You have to choose to believe or not to believe. Look, if I'm teaching you how to drive a car, and I tell you that you hit the brakes, you know, to stop, you hit the brakes, to go left, you turn left, to go right, you turn left, and by the way, a green light means go, and a red light means stop. If you only do two or three of those things I told you, and not all, you will crash or be dead and in the hospital. You have to follow all the instructions to get the results. You can't just do half of them or two of them and think it's going to be okay. No, you should really use the brakes to stop. And if the light is green, you should go. If it's red, you should stop. And if you really want to go left, you should turn left. It's the same with God. Do not miss the blessings of God in your life. You have to make the choice to trust God, to live by his word, to continue in faith. The connection to God is already there. We have a connection to God. God gave it to us. But the choice is ours to access it. What do I mean? If I said to you guys, look, I, I know you guys are looking for work. I have a guy. He's hiring. He's paying $200,000 a year. And by the way, your qualifications are perfect. Don, he's looking for a guy like you. Jason, for you. He'll hire Ryan. He'll hire you guys. Dave, you're hired in a second. Here's his phone number. Call him. And you never call the guy. Well, you, you had the connection. But you didn't access it. You didn't use it. And therefore, you didn't get the benefit of it. And that's why we need to connect with God. The Apostle Paul, he was suffering. He was in jail. He was in chains. You guys know that. You know the story. How did he look at it? What was his choice? The Apostle Paul looked at his suffering and chains as an opportunity for the gospel. 
That's how he looked at his sufferings and change and trials and tribulations. Let me ask you a question. God's asking me this question. How do you look at your sufferings and trials and tribulations? Are we complaining about them and murmuring and, and questioning God and not believing Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for our good, not trusting God? Instead of looking at our opportunities in our lives as an opportunity for the gospel. I love Psalm 31 where God, where God says, how abundant are the good things that God has stored up for those who fear him. How abundant are they? Now listen to this. This is the killer. and We're going to wrap up. Psalm 32. It said, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That's you guys, by the way. You guys are blessed. But see, God has a little instruction for you. And I often wonder why we don't listen to God's instruction. I, I, I really have to wonder about that. If I was the coach of a football team, and I said, hey, we're going to run a running play, and you were on the defense, and I told you what play was coming you would be wise to to defend against the run. You wouldn't drop back for a pass. Why? Because I know it's a running play. Right, you know. So listen to what God says in Psalm 32. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule who have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and a bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. So God's saying, look, don't be like the horse and mule. Don't be like someone who has no understanding. You have understanding. Don't be like I have to force you and drag you to do what's in your best interest. I will force you and drag you. You won't enjoy the ride. And this is the ride of your life. So look, here's the key to it all. It's Romans 8, guys. Man, this is the bottom line. If this doesn't do it, nothing will. It's Romans 8, 5. It doesn't get any clearer or simpler than this. Uh, When I read this, I just wrote, holy crap, how can I ever say I don't know what to do? (laughs) So here's what it is. It's Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. It is impossible to please God without living a spiritual life. God says, if my righteous one shrinks back, I will not be pleased. God wants you to choose to live a spiritual life, but it is your choice. Remember in Matthew 6, 9, we're told not to work for things that rust, moth, and decay, but to work for spiritual treasures that can never be taken away. Got to show you guys something. And we're, I promise we're almost done. Can you pass some of those out, David, and some this way? I'll pass some down this way. Just make sure everybody's got one. Who said that you never got free stuff at Iron Man? <laughs> Maybe this will give you guys a better perspective. <laughs> Everybody got one? All right. Let's uh, come back up so we can wrap up. Okay, so listen. Here's a picture of the boys. There's a picture of an old baseball team or football team or something and some old army guys. I want you to look at the faces of these guys. And God put this on my heart. This was from me, by the way. 
I looked at these faces. It wasn't any particular picture. I just was supposed to look at old-time faces of guys. You're in this photo? I'm not. <laughs> you may be. <laughs> I am not. All right, so guys, here's the purpose. I want you to understand this. These guys' lives are over, and no one remembers who they are. They're past having great-grandkids who can talk about them and remember them. Too much time has passed by. They're done. They're gone. Their lives are over. Everything they worried about, everything they thought about, every grudge, everything doesn't matter now. As a matter of fact, even in that picture, how they were at that moment doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is who they were when they were alive. See, it matters for eternity because that's all they have now. And soon, it will be all that you and I have. They had things and issues and thoughts they were dealing with and stuff that kept them back from serving God. And questions and problems. Who were good guys? Who was bad guys? I don't know which one, and neither do you by looking at their picture. But God knows by the life they live and the heart they live. And it's important that you and I remember that. Our time on earth is short. We have a, a quick 70, 90 years here to do what we want to do. And we have to make account for eternity. We have to leave God. So here's the last two points. Matthew 26, 6. The woman comes in to the dinner at Simon's house and Jesus is sitting with the tax collectors. You know the story. She comes in with a bottle of perfume and she starts anointing Jesus' head and feet with the perfume. And the tax gatherers and officials at the time said, Whoa! What a waste! How dare you, woman, waste this valuable perfume on, on, on this guy's head? Are you just anointing Jesus with this valuable perfume? We should have taken the perfume and used it and given the money and sold to the poor. If you were going to waste it, pouring it out on Jesus, then, then you should have sold it and given it to the poor. That would have been better. But what does Jesus say? <laughs> Jesus says, in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will be told as a memorial to her. The people of the day could not understand what she did, but she understood. She loved God, and Jesus understood, and she was blessed for all eternity. And I pray that the same thing people said about her would be said of you and I. That people would say, look at that guy, wasting his life for Jesus Christ. Because that's exactly what the world's going to think. But God is going to think differently. God is going to bless you for that. So here's your last giveaway for the day and Iron Man challenge. Get two today. Let me give some down this way. God put on my heart that he would like me to get a little closer to him. And I want to do that. And four or five years ago, I read this, read through the Bible in a year. This is a great book. It's uh, George Guthrie, Reading God's Story, a Chronological Daily Bible. You do not have to do this. You do not have to commit to doing this. This is an opportunity, an option for you. I'm doing it, and I'm not going to hold you accountable and ask you if you did it. This is a one-time thing. But what I don't want you to be able to say is, oh, what book was that? What was he talking about? Or I don't know what to do. No, now you have it in front of you. You know what to do. Um, here's what would happen, guys. If you took... Five minutes a day, this is five minutes, it's three or four pages a day. At the end of a year, you will have read through the Bible. Imagine that. You will know the entire Bible, the entire story. Many of you have done this, some of you do it, and maybe you don't need to do it, that's okay. But for you guys who never have, you should. It's easy, it's, it's five pages a day. God will bless you abundantly and exceedingly more than you can ask or imagine. Remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God wants you to know his word. So here's your opportunity. You can get it on Amazon, and you can get it on Christian book distributors. Josh. Does everybody have the YouVersion Bible app? 
Yeah, it's, in, it's on there? It is in one of the plans for free. Awesome. So you can, you can pull it up as a plan, as a daily reading. It, it regulates it all for you right there. Awesome. And, and this has blessed my life going through it, and I'm going through it again for the purpose of, you know, just letting God minister to me. Time with the Holy Spirit is how you connect to God. A few minutes a day, it doesn't have to be every day, letting God minister to your heart and speak to you so that you know for sure that you have that spiritual connection with God. Don't miss that opportunity. We're going to pass out the questions now to the table captains, let you get started. And uh, guys, there's uh, six questions. You don't have to get through them all. And if you don't like one, go to the next. I tried to give you guys uh, just some choices of what to talk about. So let's just close in prayer, and then we'll open up for the tables. Dear Lord, Father, we love you. Thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of coming before you this morning, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you spoke to every heart here today, that it would be our desire to come closer to you, that we wouldn't fall short, that we would live up to the calling we've obtained, and that we would trust you, not just for our lives now, but for the big payoff for eternity, and that we would be able to say, Lord, I did the best I could with the parable of the talents, with the life that you gave me, Lord. I invested it in your kingdom and live for your glory. It's not about our accomplishments. It's about our obedience to God. That's all God asks is our faith. That's his currency. I pray today it would be the desire of my heart and your heart to live a life that's faithful and glorifies God. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Bless us as we talk. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.